Broadcasting live from the RNR studios in Las Vegas, Nevada. It's the premier destination for an inside look into the Las Vegas Raiders. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor. Presented by Tequila Embajador. What's good, Raider Nation? Welcome back to Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. It is a Wednesday. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor. Brought to you by Tequila Embajador. We're trying to talk... Damon Cotton, who's freaking out over here about the Raiders because they may have to start a rookie free safety. Um, so uh, is it ideal? Maybe not. Uh, but the track record of Gus Bradley and and Ron Miles, uh, their secondary coach, being able to get guys up to speed very quickly in their careers uh, and be productive football players early on, including their rookie years, uh, leads me to believe that they're not freaking out in Henderson uh, right now uh, over over uh, the lack of a starting free safety right now. I think they have a pretty good idea of what they plan to do um, at that position. And if it has to be a rookie, I think there are some guys in the draft who have given them a level of confidence that it's going to be just fine at that position. Uh, so we'll see. But uh, to help us out uh, with that question, uh, we're going to bring in our good friend Bill Williamson. Uh, you can follow him at B Williamson. At Bill, B Williamson, I'm sorry, uh, NFL. Uh, he is the California site producer for SB Nation, uh, covers the Raiders, the Rams, uh, and does an excellent job and always has. Bill, how you doing, my good friend? Vinny, how's it going? Thanks for having me again. All right, I appreciate it, and and so yeah, I don't know if you heard any of the show yet, but yeah. uh, Demond Cotton, our producer, is just he's just freaking out, uh, losing sleep, uh, doesn't think that there's any way they're going to be able to fill that free safety uh, position. Uh, are you where 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 is your level of confidence that they'll be able to f- uh, find somebody that's going to be able to adequately uh, handle that position? Well, you know, I mean, at this point, it's pointing towards the draft because. You know, I mean, there's a lot of good safeties on on the free agency board, and, and there's some left, but it it, it shrunk for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you know, maybe, but I mean, you you don't know what's going to happen in the draft. Fifteen minutes before you pick, ten minutes before you pick. So, <laughs> I mean, it, it, it's really just a a wait and see situation. It, look, if they had signed Johnson from the Rams then you know what? They probably would have a hole somewhere else. So that's just kind of the way it goes when you're building with, with a shorter salary cap pool. Um, there's always, you're not going to be able to fill as many holes. That's why I was kind of taken aback. You know, I, really the story of the offseason to me is the massive change on the offensive line. I don't think any of us really foresaw that type of dramatic change, particularly at center. So, when, when that much change is happening at a place that was so solid, there's going to be some extra holes to fill. So, long way to answer it. We'll see. And you know what? And they don't draft a, a safety if they don't feel their value there in that first or second round where you probably would feel comfortable. I don't know if you're feeling comfortable inserting a safety who's picked at number 79 in the third round. So, in that first or second round, if, if that value is not there, then you go get, you know, a, a hooker or somebody who's on the free agent market. That free agent market has hit just a complete halt. So, you know, Richard Sherman came out on, on podcast today or yesterday saying, I'm probably going to be after the draft. Well, I think every free agent is probably thinking that. We'll see some guys in the next few weeks. But it's the draft and then it's free agency. So it could still be a veteran. We'll, we'll see. Yeah, uh, and I, I completely agree with you, and I think that that post-draft 
if I'm a player at this point, I'm waiting until after the draft, unless somebody obviously blows me away uh, with an offer, which that's not going to happen, especially in this market. Um, so I'm waiting until after the draft to see the dust and where all the dust settles and where my best opportunity might be and who might be and, and, and opportunity might be um, uh, also coincide with money. Because if there's a glaring need that a team still has after the draft, they're going to put their money toward bringing in a Richard Sherman or somebody of that, whatever that position might be. So that's right. why you wait until after the draft uh, to find the best money and the best situation. And usually those are, two are going to line up uh, pretty well. Let me ask you something, Bill. Um, what level of confidence or what, what level of role do you think Gus Bradley um, has played to this point on the defensive acquisitions and will play, will continue to play as we move to the draft and into the draft uh, on on who the the Raiders ultimately uh, pick on that side of the ball. Well, I think he's certainly involved in the, in the draft. Uh, I've been, you know, I mentioned on my podcast the other day. I'm, I'm surprised that the lack of quote, you know, Bradley guys that have been brought in. There's only been a, a couple, and if you look at the track record since Gruden's been back, you know, Gunther had a, a lot of leeway, leeway in bringing guys in. Vichella has a lot of leeway bringing guys in. You know, first in the first couple of years building this the special team core. Tom Cables had some leeway, but I'm not saying Bradley doesn't. It they just haven't it just hasn't happened. You know, um, and, and I'm a little surprised by that. But you know, what's interesting is the guys that are out there. There's still some of the quote better names in free agency. A lot of them have Bradley connections. Sherman and KJ Ray. And, and, and Casey Hayward, and I'm thinking I'm even missing somebody. So uh, Melvin Ingram, I don't know if there's room for a veteran process anymore. So it, it's been interesting. But, yeah, I think John Gruden has shown that his uh, position coaches and, you know, high-level high, high level position coaches and coordinators have, a, have some say in the draft. I mean, Colton Miller is a Raider, a lot of the reasons, because Tom Cable likes him so much. So, yeah, yep. I think he's going to have a say in the draft. And if they say, here's the safeties, which ones don't you want? I think that's where they start with Bradley. Exactly. And that's usually how the good ones do it. And um, I would imagine, and, and, and you you just look at um, you know Gus Bradley's track record, um, and I'm not saying he was the definitive decision maker uh, on those defensive drafts, but you know, when he was at the coordinator in Seattle, when he was the head coach in Jacksonville, when he was the coordinator uh, with the Chargers, um, he was part of that process and probably had a fairly big voice um, in, in, you know, okay, these are the three guys that I really like, forget those guys, and so on and so forth. And I think that goes a long way on draft night and during draft weekend when guys, general managers and head coaches go about, you know, building their teams. So, um, so, so we'll see. Uh, but up front on that defensive line, obviously bringing in a Yannick Ngakwe and then reshaping um, the depth and the skill level uh, with the additions that they've made, and we've contended, and, and Bill, we talked about this when you were on the show last, how important that is for a Gus Bradley defense to get pressure on the quarterback from the front four. It sure looks like at least that influence was there uh, in terms of Gus saying, hey, it's going to all start up front, and that's the area that, that I believe we need to improve ASAP. And it sure looks like that's the direction that they went, obviously, in free agency. Yeah, I mean, certainly that's what he said his press conference. He started defense from the front back, and um, that's what they've done. I mean, what, they've got six, got five or six guys and kept Hankins, so that was the real the emphasis. And I, and I think the defensive line 
is certainly improved. It's um, it's deeper, but let's see. Got to see some impact, you know. Yes. And we just don't want to see a bunch of guys and a guy who I think can be, uh, you know, a second rotation impact guy. I think is Quentin Jefferson if he can stay healthy. I'm not saying this guy's going to make a Pro Bowl, but I think he may make some plays, you know, in that second quarter, that third quarter, you know. Just when, when guys need some breather, I think he's better than what they had. And I think the defensive tackle position is is really interesting. And I yeah, let me I don't know where Maurice Hurst fits, but I don't want to say that well, I, don't, I don't think there's a place for him. I'm interested to see where he is in that rotation because he's certainly one, you know, he's going to make the team, I would think. But I'm, just wonder, I'm wondering what they have in plan for him because they brought some other tackles in. Yeah, without question, and, and one name that you know uh, keeps bubbling up, uh, at least in the people that I talk to, um, and 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 pretty much the gist of it being, don't forget Darius Phylon. There's they they really yeah. believe that they may have gotten a sleeper in Darius Phylon. Obviously, he had some yeah. issues, uh, uh, which cost him his job in in Arizona. Those seem to be uh, behind him. Uh, and and again, uh, you know, like you said, I don't think anyone's expecting Pro Bowl season or anything like that. But 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 what you're looking for is production when you're on the field and impact when you're on the field. And and far too often these last couple of years, there's been basically empty snaps by too many players. A guy like Phylon, a guy like Solomon Thomas, a guy like um, you know Quentin Jefferson, uh, maybe. F- Add something to those snaps, a, a higher level. Um, what are your thoughts on on, on, on Darius? I know that he kind of uh, you know fell by this wayside the, these last couple of years, but you go back in his career, he's been productive when he's played. Yeah, I, I certainly think he is an interesting guy. And when I mentioned Hurst, he's one of the guys I think that you know probably gonna make the team as well. This guy, 2019, he was considered a pretty good get by the Cardinals, and I think it was fairly. Early in in free agency, it was they paid him decent money, and yep. um, so I think yeah he was part of their plans. And then like you said, he got a little wiggly sideways and, and and you know cost his job. But I remember him being a guy who was disruptive with the Chargers, and I also remember before free agency, a lot of guys that hey that's a sleeper guy. You know everyone wants to talk about you know hey you know a, a value guy that. He was one of those guys, and, and the Cardinals jumped on him. So, yeah, I mean, if he could knock the rust of two years off, he could be an interesting guy on the rotation. The Raiders, the Raiders do this a lot. You know, they 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 got Irvin, who was a, a guy who's similar, who was out of the league for a while, and he was on the practice squad this last year, and they brought him back. So the Raiders, they you know, for lack of a better word, they like to you know the role that got dice on some guys. <laughs> that have produced in the past but may have uh, taken a, a different path. So let's see if these work out. Yep, uh, absolutely. And a different path is a good way of putting it, that's for sure. Yeah. Uh, it's led them here. It's led a couple of players to Las Vegas. We'll see if it if it leads them to staying and having some sort of a of an impact. We're talking to our good friend Bill Williamson. You can follow him at B. Williamson NFL. Uh, California site producer for SB Nation. Covers uh, the Raiders and Rams and always does an excellent job. We talk about the offensive line and, and the you know, the contract details came out for Colton Miller. It's an interesting um, structure, without question. Surprising, uh, on yes. This, yes, on this deal. And it looks like, you know, with the Raiders, just by looking at the numbers, they're going to they're gonna take 
they're going to absorb some of that hit this year, um, you know, in probably a bit of a surprising way. But it, it seems like the thinking is uh, that down the line it's going to pay off because when you get to 2023, when you get to 2024 and 2025, the last three years of the contract, if you look at those cap hits, they're pretty reasonable uh, compared to what premier left tackles might be making at that point. And heck, are, are are currently making right now. So it just seems like they, they, they felt like, okay, we'll take the hit these two years in order to gain some flexibility beyond that. Yeah, and it's interesting. I, I'm not going to sit here and, and scream about every salary cap move, you know, every every contract language. Because, you know, that's, that would just be be silly. You know, it's a long year, and it all comes down to the Sundays. However, it's a little odd, and yes. um, you know, and because yeah, there is going to be a payoff in that he's, he's going to be very reasonable for his position in the meat of this contract. But there are going to be reasonable numbers anyways, and and the salary cap is going up higher and higher. You know, as we get the new TV money and out of this COVID life, so I don't know if it. I don't know if you should be thinking about 2024's salary cap in 2021 with one particular guy when it may prevent you from adding to the roster. I just, I, I, you know, I know there's been arguments that the Raiders might just, because the way they've handled some things and Ronnie Hudson, you know, they're, they're looking for the future. I, I, I don't necessarily buy that, and I certainly ho- hope that's not the case because the fan base does not deserve that. Um, especially with this first year finally being in the stadium with the fans. They need the best. You know, this is a team that's supposed to be growing. And, and so I hope that's not the case, that they're not tanking, but, you know, worrying more about future years because that would just not be fair to the fan base at all. Yeah, and, and, not, and I can, I can, I can say, at least, but you know, from, from who I talk to, there's nothing of the sort uh, is going on. Yeah. Uh, I think they felt like, obviously, you know, there were some difficult decisions that had to be made um, along that offensive line, but it had gotten out of whack uh, in terms of how much they were paying that position group. Uh, and then understanding that Colton Miller was going to be a, a, a part of it, and, pro- and it looked like the plan was to absorb, you know, a, a big chunk of that this year. Uh, they needed to, to balance that out a little bit. And, you know, uh, it, it, it comes with risk without question. You know, don't know yep. if Andre James is going to be able to handle uh, center and uh, Nick Martin, you know, might have to be that player uh, for a year. Um, you know, Richie Incognito is going to be a, basically a one and done at one of the guard spots, most likely left guard. Uh, Denzel Good, you figure, is going to play the other guard spot. Um, uh, but there's risk there. It's not the same offensive line uh, that that was projected to be going into this year or let alone last year. So, um, where do you think they go for the right tackle? Do you think that that's it's almost a guarantee at number seventeen, or do you think that they may even hold off on that until uh, a little bit later on in the draft? Yeah, I mean, same same conversation about free safety. You know, I mean, we'll see. I, I think there's a little bit more urgency there um, for the right tackle. Um, you know, they can always trade up as well. I mean, basically trade back into the first round. I mean, if if you take 48 and 79 or 80, but the other team would probably want 79. You could probably get in that 32-30 range and 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 pick up a safe, uh, excuse me, a, a right tackle if you don't think the value's there. Um, 
at 17. So, or, or you could trade back from 17, you know, and to the 24, yep. 25 range. So I think that's kind of where the first round is looking, you know, the mock drafts that I've been asked to do so far, and I may be completely off, but a guy that I'm kind of looking at is the Vera uh, Tucker from USC. He can play, yep. he can play tackle right now, and he may project future as a guard. And if that's the case, well, you're going to need a guard soon anyway, so you can make that change and say, well, wait a second, Bill, take a guard at 17. Well, it worked out pretty good with Quentin Nelson of the, uh, you know, of the Colts four or five years ago. So and Zach Martin. guy that scouts really like. Did we lose Bill? I'm here. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, and you know Zach Martin, uh, uh, same way um, as a as a guard coming out of coming out of Notre Dame. Well, Bill, you you've been covering the Raiders longer than I have. Um, you know, I've been been on the job for a couple of years now. Uh, as as you know, as you look t- toward this draft um, and where they are right now, uh, it, it it as you were talking, it's 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 it kind of struck me. All right, so the Raiders need a free safety. They need a right tackle. No doubt about it. Um, how does that compare to years past with this team when they were going into the draft and it almost seemed like there were holes all over the roster and all over the starting line, including last year. They didn't have a wide receiver. They needed a linebacker. You know, going into free agency last year and the draft, there were holes all over the place. Could a case be made that, there, that progress has been made uh, in terms of getting that roster a little bit more set uh, and 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 narrowing down uh, the glaring holes. Well, it's an interesting question. It has gotten better over the years. Um, last year, I think they were pretty set after the draft. You know, um, yeah, yes. And this year, I think there's I think there's more a few more questions than last year. A few more questions than we we last saw them on the field in week seventeen and. That is a little surprising to me. I, I think it should be. That's what maybe would worry me just a little bit. I'm not saying it's going to be bad. I'm. I just know if I can. I don't know if I can say it's going to be good. And I thought that that may have turned a little bit in the last few months. And and, and there was no room for that right now. This is such a critical time. You got to keep moving forward. And you know it, what it comes down to is hitting the right guys. Yeah. And if, if you hit the right guys. Early in the draft this year, and they all can play, and we see this every year around the league where those guys make big contributions and change, help change things. Then you're okay. Then it's cool, you know. But you got to hit it. You can't have. We can't be talking about, you know, like, like the way we're talking about rugs right now in our net. We can't be talking about these guys this time next year. These rookies really have to come in and, and, and play and play well. Yeah, there, that's without question, and that's why this is, you know, a, a big year. You can't give up on Damon Arnett yet. You can't give up on Jonathan no, no, no. yet and maybe by any stretch. Yet. And so that's why, like, you know, to me anyway, uh, you know, some of what they've done from a roster standpoint, uh, I am surprised at what happened on the offensive line. Uh, we'll see if, if, uh, if it, the calculated risk uh, pays off. But defensively, it's, it's, it's tricky because – They've invested so much in some of these guys in right. terms of the draft capital, uh, and with Corey Littleton and Nick Wachowski, uh, Nick Wachowski, you know, free agent money, that it almost you almost have to give them one more year. And if oh, they turn it around, great. They have no choice. Right, exactly. 
Exactly. And there's a, there's a, you know, and, and in that building, there is a uh, cautious optimism that the, 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 the impact that a, that a Gus Bradley is going to have on the guys that are here um, is going to have a big effect. But again, like you said, it's they. There's still questions. There's no doubt that there's still questions. Uh, they can answer them one way or the other. Uh, and this time next year, I think we'll have a bit much better idea on whether that those answers came in the in the positive or the negative. It's going to be fascinating uh, to to watch it unfold. Uh, and Bill, I know you're going to be there uh, chronicling it every step of the way. Uh, we love the coverage, and we love uh, you, you dropping by and spending some time with us in the huddle. We really appreciate it. Thank you very much, Bill. Oh, anytime. Thank you. You got it. That's Bill Williamson. Uh, you could follow him, uh, and I highly suggest you do, at B. Williamson NFL. has always done a great job. Uh, uh, does a great job covering the Raiders. Does a great job covering the Rams uh, and the NFL in, in general. We love having him on uh, to, to get his insight uh, onto things. Um, you're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor, uh, brought to you by Tequila Embotheter. Keep the calls coming. Again, we've got to talk Dan, Damon Cotton off of the ledge. My goodness gracious, Damon Relax, buddy. You know I'm just messing with you. No one gets you closer to the Las Vegas Raiders. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor. Yeah, you know, for us, you know, I think it all starts up front. You know, I think that goes with any defense. Um, Getting pressure consistently, um, you know, is going to be an issue for any offense and any quarterback. So, you know, for us, we didn't do that consistently enough. And, um, you know, I take responsibility personally. And, you know, this defense, um, you know, we got to continue to grow. You know, we have a lot of young guys. We have a lot of new pieces. But um, there's no excuse. You know, we're going into year three. You know, my class is. And we just got to keep growing. You know, everybody's got to take that next step and, and be at a level where we can really dominate every single week. That's the voice of Max Crosby, uh, the Raiders now going into his third year defensive end, uh, along with Cleve Merrill, along with Trayvon Mullen, along with uh, uh, Jonathan Abram. Uh, all of these guys uh, are kind of growing up uh, before our eyes, and um, right in front of our eyes, I should say. And it's big years uh, for all of these guys. I think Clee is on uh, the right path without question. I think Max Crosby, obviously, uh, you know, the, the, the sacks are there. Um, uh, he's been, you know, uh, uh, productive in that regard. Uh, there's some areas of his game that he just needs to get better and, and more consistent and, and clean up a little bit. But uh, I think this system, uh, I'm really fascinated to, to find out and to see uh, how he fits into this system and how he's going to be utilized. Uh, I think, um, you know, adding uh, Ngakwe uh, and then adding the pieces that the uh, Darius Phylon, uh, Solomon Thomas, um, you know, uh, Quinton Jefferson, uh, also, you know, uh, Carl Nassib coming back. I think what you're going to see, and Bill Williamson pointed this out, um, you have to be able to get better snaps now across the board on a more consistent basis. Like, you can't have guys just out there taking snaps. Uh, it's kind of like cotton candy. You know, you, 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 you bite into it, and it t- tastes, tastes good for a second, but then it dissipates. It disappears, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know as, as quickly as you bite into it, and you can't have that. You have to have substance, and uh, especially on the defensive line, which is a very, very taxing uh, position. You know, you're going full bore trying to, whether it's stopping the run or getting after the quarterback, it's a taxing position, and you need to be able to have a rotation uh, in which – 
guys are coming in and not just taking snaps, but giving you something in those snaps. And I think far too often, that's not been the case uh, for the Raiders. And now, you know, you're going to be able to uh, actually cut down some of Max Crosby's snaps. That's not um, a, a knock on him. He's going to be a better player for it. Uh, hey, he was the tied board. for six tackles for loss in the NFL last year. I, I don't yeah. I think he's better than you think he is, to be honest. Yeah, you make it sound like, it oh, in, he's a nice complimentary piece, but his numbers are showing starter-level production. But that's not – but if you really do look – he played a lot of – yes, he did. But he also did it in a crazy amount of snaps. And there were far too many snaps where he wasn't doing things like that. And he needs to be more consistent. And I think that, you know, it's it's like the home run hitter. If you get – if you if you got some power and you get a whole bunch of at-bats – um, you're going to hit some home runs, but it's the strikeout. It's the guys that hit 200 and strike out, you know, uh, way too many times. You know, it hit 28 home runs. It looks to the average fan, it looks good. Oh, 28 home runs, 20, 30 home runs. That looks pretty good. But then uh, when you take yeah. a deep, chicks when you dig, take a deep, chicks dig the long ball, and I like sex. So I'm just looking at those numbers when I look at the box score. Well, uh, you and, know, he has and, more sex than Cleve Farrell, so I'm going right. to say that he's a better player than Cleve Farrell. That come on, boom. Which is wrong, and that's, that's the ah, whole. Vinny, don't make me think too hard. That's the whole crux of the situation, and, and that's where analytics come into mind. And 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 taking a, a a broader look at those numbers, yes, you know, Max Crosby led the team in sacks, but in the amount of snaps that he had, the impact, his impact wasn't enough compared relative to how many snaps he played at all. He needs to, I think. The, the snaps need to come down and he needs to play better snaps you know for the snaps that he will be on the field he needs to increase the productive uh, productivity of those snaps whereas a guy like Clee Farrell was making more out of his snaps uh you know uh, the amount of snaps that he got he played at a higher level than Max Crosby did it's not a knock on Max Crosby and I think what's going to help him is that he's not going to be expected anymore to play an inordinate amount of snaps because that might have been part of the reason why overall he wasn't as impactful as he as he as he could have been because he might have been just playing too much and you know that's again it's a taxing situation when you're playing defensive line i think there's some areas of the game and maybe part of it is is how he'll be used the scheme that he's going to be uh, asked to play in uh, the role that he's going to be asked to play in uh, the reduced snaps that he's going to get because there's more players now more capable players uh, in and around him I think that can help him become just a better more efficient player and that's a, for across the board that's what I'm talking about with this Raiders defensive line um, being more efficient and productive, snap in and snap out regardless of who is on the field and when. Uh, that f- Far too often these last couple of years, uh, the Raiders have basically gotten empty snaps from that defensive line, uh, especially when they've had to dip into the, uh, into the, into the bench. Or... You know, because they didn't have the the, the you know uh, enough depth, a guy like Max Crosby had to play maybe when he shouldn't have been. Um, you know, uh, maybe he should have been taking a blow over on the sideline so that the next three snaps that 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 you're going to get from him are going to be even better, rather than playing six snaps and not being productive in any of them. So I just finished we'll, another we'll coffee. See. He doesn't want the rest. I'm going to defend Max Crosby right now. He doesn't want the rest. I, I I'm amped that, up. More uh, bad takes coming from me. Yeah, I think that uh, I think you. Um, I, I think Max Crosby would understand, and I think every defensive lineman understands the importance of being able to be uh, um, 
good to go, especially in that fourth quarter when you have to have your best players step up. You're uh, uh, the right position to make plays when they need to happen late in the games. That's the other part of it. Football game, football seasons, um, football games are just a battle of attrition, and who it's who has it at the end when it matters most. Uh, who has more in the tank when it matters most? You know that from wrestling, right? You know, um, uh, sometimes it's going to be a battle of endurance, and sometimes you might be the better wrestler, uh, uh, Demond, but if you're not. As in shape, maybe, uh, maybe somebody that's a lesser talent is going to beat you because they're stronger when they need to be, stronger than you when when you need to be, and that that happens in football as well. It's, it's and we're not just talking about a game where uh, you know you're going to need rest during the course of a game to be at your highest level at the most critical points of a game, but also the course of a season. Sixteen games is a long season. And uh, what good is it if you get to the end of the season, toward the end of the season, and all these guys, like I said, their tongues are, are, are hanging to the ground because they're beat up, tired, um, fatigued, all of that, and, and they're, they're, they're you know, much less of a player at that point in the season than they were maybe earlier in the season. If you have quality backups and a depth and rotation and you can manage snaps better uh, as a result, that's the ideal situation, and and it's pretty obvious that's that's what the Raiders are trying to do. Uh, and and again, you know, it's one thing to give Max Crosby a rest. It's one thing to give Ngakwe a rest. It's one thing to give Clee Farrell a, a rest. That always happens anyway. Um, but are you replacing when they are on the sideline, taking that needed blow, that needed rest? Are you replacing them with? A good player that's going to be able to be counted on, like a Quentin Jefferson now, who can be counted on uh, to deliver uh, something. Uh, uh, you know, we'll see if Darius Phylon uh, is 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 ready to go. If he's you know shaking off the rust, we'll see if David Irving, who look at his numbers when he's played, when he's been on the field. Now, obviously, that's a big if with him. But if he can you know uh, stay clean basically and stay on the right track, same with Darius. When they are on the field, they've shown a level of production, and that's what the Raiders are counting on. Uh, you know, Solomon Thomas playing, you know, that three technique that he's more comfortable playing. Uh, is he going to be able to, during his time on the field, uh, be a factor, be somebody that's going to be able to to help you, be an asset? And I think if you can get, uh, you know, uh, more quality snaps from more players. It's just going to stand to benefit whether you're talking about in the fourth quarter of games uh, when guys are going to be a little bit more fresh and have a little bit more left in the tank. Uh, and when you're talking about hitting December, when everybody's hurting a little bit, uh, when everybody's tired, when everybody's feeling it, uh, but you can't quit now. That finish line is about a month away and even beyond if you make the playoffs. Um, you don't want those guys. Same with Josh Jacobs you know, and, and, and Kenyon Drake. Uh, you're going to be able to now utilize both of these players um, kind of in a 1A, 1B. That's only going to stand to no, benefit. No, 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 you're not going to rope in. You're not going to rope. You're not going to rope in the defensive line talk to try to bring me. But I was with you on the defensive line talk. But then you're like, oh yeah, like Josh Jacobs. And I, and we, it's we, like no, 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 no. You, you're, you're, you're. <laughs> and here's the thing. This is this is this is the mistake that you're making. I think you're 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 not worried about the talent. You're worried about the money. 
Fair. Right? Fair. Yeah, that's fair. Okay. Let's forget about the money because it doesn't matter. I'm, I'm saying that. And I shared a text with you. Um, did you read it, the text I sent you? Yes, I did. People okay. are listening. So, all right. Um, you know what that what, – and, that, and that's somebody that runs. Let's just say he knows what he's talking about. All right? Let's just put it that way. All right? Don't worry about the money. Don't – you know, if, and, and, and let's just say it, the money doesn't matter, which – in, uh, at the end of the day, it really doesn't. It doesn't. I'm just saying that. And, and you, you just saw the text that I just sent you. Um, now, taking the money out of the context, do you like Kenyon Drake on the Raiders now? If money, being that money really isn't a factor, do you like him now? I don't like how you just say, oh, the money doesn't matter. Because if the money didn't matter, they, <laughs> I would rather, I still would rather have a safety on the team but if the money doesn't matter yeah it's a good addition i'm then, just saying that in today's nfl that the running back position i hate it i hate that it is but the running back position has been devalued you made a good point a couple of weeks ago when you're talking about the rams you said todd Gurley. oh he got injured they brought in cj anderson off the couch he was a guy off the couch and he was he was fantastic for like those first three those three four games during the playoff yes. stretch so my point that was is, all that he was too by the way it was you know they didn't bring him back the next year so just of course that. yeah but my point is can you drake fabulous player but i'm saying that you can find that production that oh that gadget whatever like john gruden his his thoughts his big his grand scheme that we can't see it we don't have the galaxy brain on how he's going to be used i don't think that it's going to pan out that well because if you just go like purely off of the snaps or the production that he's going to get i don't think that the numbers add up Okay, all how right. Often, so, like, how when often you look can at, he be on the field if Jacobs is one A? Well, I think they're going to be. I think they're going to be on the field together uh, more often than you than you think. And um, I mean, if you're okay, uh, Kareem Hunt and and Chubb from the from the Browns, are they standing in each other's way at all, or are they both fairly productive players? And do they have they strengthened that offense for the Cleveland Browns together? Yeah, you got me there. One good example. Give me another. Boom. Right. Um, Alvin Kamara and Mark Ingram. Alvin Kamara and uh, who do they have now? Murray, uh, this, the other Saints running back. They've always had two running backs. The Chiefs typically have a couple of different running backs that they that they throw uh, at you. And and the thing about the thing about Drake and somebody from the NFL pointed this out to me yesterday too is his ability to line up at wide receiver, which you're going to see that. And you can't use what happened in Arizona. No disrespect to, to Arizona, but that offense is completely different than what the Raiders run. And and so the, what they asked him to do is, is different than what the Raiders are going to ask him to do. And that's not to say that the Cardinals didn't think that Drake could do some of those things. It's just that their offense wasn't structured that way. So in... With with the Raiders, what you're gonna what you're gonna see quite often is they're gonna go up tempo, hurry up, um, you know, and you do that to mitigate the substitution level of the defense. You're trying to get guys, you're trying to create mismatches um, personnel wise by going so fast that the defense can't rotate guys in and out. So they're gonna there'll, there'll be drives where you know a series of four downs, five downs, let's say. Uh, where the Raiders could go up tempo for those five plays, and the defense is going to be at a qu- big disadvantage because they're going to get one personnel grouping out there and not be able to make this, the, the the changes along the way because the offense is operating so fast. But you can do that with a guy like Drake because you don't have to worry about substituting from your end because a guy like Drake can go from running back to wide receiver, running back to wide receiver, go out, line up out wide, uh, and that's just going to be able to um, uh, ensure that the offense can operate at a faster tempo 
to create mismatches against a defense that can't keep up, not just in terms of when the play happens, but matching up personnel-wise. So that's one of the visions that they have for for uh, Kenyon Drake. And again, obviously, money matters to some extent. And but the cap itself, it's not nothing that's happened and nothing that will happen is preventing what w- w- can hold the Raiders back from making a move that they would like to move, make if they want to. And the re- and and I think that Bill Williamson brought up a great point. I think there are some DBs that are either waiting until right before the draft or more likely after the draft to see where the desk settles and the, and the teams are doing the same thing. Um, you know, by now you have a pretty good idea in the draft of somebody. And, and again, we're only talking about two positions, right? Tackle free safety um, that they need, that they have to get a starter. And there are, there are starting caliber players, both in free agency and the draft at both of those positions. And I think what the Raiders want to do right now is see how that draft unfolds. If they're able to get the guys that they want out of it, they're ready to go. Uh, they'll probably add a veteran at both of those positions just as competition or backup or whatever the case might be. Um, or if they don't get their guys in the draft, then it's going to raise the urgency a little bit uh, more. But I, I don't believe that money is going to be a factor in signing a couple of extra guys at both of those positions at this point uh, and, and, and feeling comfortable that either any of the, any way that they uh, that they fill those two holes, I think they're comfortable that they're going to be able to get the kind of guy that they need to get to fill both of those positions. But we will see. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor, brought to you by Tequila and Bahadur. Interact with the show. Text Vinny at 69187 or tweet at him at Vinny Bonsignor. This is In the Huddle with Raiders beat writer Vinny Bonsignor on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. In the show on high note, let's go. <laughs> hey, did you see uh, Josh Jacobs' uh, Josh, the tweet from Josh Jacobs? Um, Damon, did you happen to see that? Him working out on the beach? That one? Uh, uh, no, uh, that, that was pretty cool too. But no, uh, somebody had uh, did a mock-up of um, some Raider alternate jerseys, alternate uniforms, uh, the all-blacks basically. And uh, I just sent you a picture. I tweet, I texted you the picture of it, uh, right? Did you get that picture? That's the... Um, oh, that, I that's got you now. Mo- I see it. I see it. I see it. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm uh, actually going to tweet this right now. Uh, about what Raider fans think of that. What do you think of that that uh, that uniform? It's cool. It kind of looks like something that you would um, create on a video game. Uh, <laughs> and like he goes on to say, before everyone before everyone start bringing up yep. tradition, look at the last decade. It's time we rewrite that MF one hundred alternatives. Yeah, uh, I, I, I like where he's thinking uh, in terms of uh, you know rewriting the, the tradition. Uh, obviously, that needs to happen, and I think Josh Jacobs is going to be a big part of that. Um, I'm, I'm throwing this out to Raider Nation. Uh, give us a call, 702-365-9200. If you go on to uh, at Vinny Bonson, you're on my Twitter, you'll see what I'm talking about um, with, this, with this black uniform and uh, that somebody's put together. I don't know if that's necessarily the one that I would go with, 
but it looks pretty sweet, to be honest with you. Those and I jersey know the Raiders... numbers would have to be a different color because nobody on TV is going to be able to see if the jersey numbers are also black on a black jersey. That's my uh, Yeah, I no, I don't think so. I, no, right? That's the, they're with the gray. The, the numbers are gray. It looks like the, at least the numbers on the uh, on the, no, they're gray. The numbers are gray with a white, um, you know, uh, uh, with with white trim. So I don't think that that would be too bad. I think the gray offsets it pretty good. If it was if it was black, yes, uh, I agree with you. Uh, we can't have that. Um, but with the gray, it looks pretty decent. I'm just thinking about the. Uh, I know that you know the Raiders are obviously all about the tradition of their uniform, uh, and, and, and no question about it, specifically that helmet. So the helmet is is different. Uh, obviously, the color scheme uh, is, is different. But uh, if we can't get to it today, uh, I'd like to talk to, uh, to Raider Nation about it tomorrow. Uh, and give us a call if you're listening, 702-365-9200. Would you be open uh, to, you know, to, to doing something a little bit different? And in this case, it's kind of a big difference. Uh, and... and you know, add to the tradition. Let's put it that way, uh, with an all-black uh, set of, of uniforms. Damon, uh, your thoughts initially looking at that? Well, I guess uh, Damon is uh, off uh, doing doing something. Hold on, maybe... we've got a guy calling in from South Korea. Let me give him. Let me get him on the air. Go ahead. Raider Rock is who it is. Raider Rock, you're on the air. Raider Rock, how you doing, man? I'm calling. Yeah, I'm calling him from South Korea. Um, I I listen to you uh, on my drive, and I I you know it's it's gonna cost me a few bucks to call in, but I hate the idea of the all black uh, jerseys. And the reason I say that is not because you know it's just because we have the best uniform, but the all black is. Other teams are trying to homage us by going all black, but they can't go all. They can't go black and silver. And why we want to look like other teams, like the Falcons and and other teams that were benchmarking us, I just don't understand. I I know a lot of fans have this infatuation about about the all black, but for me, you know, the silver and black, just let it be. Everyone else is trying to copy us without infringing on our copyright. So. That's it from me. Uh, Thanks, guys. Hey, I appreciate it. Thank you for calling uh, from South uh, Korea. Really appreciate that. Um, Eric Arroyo, uh, at Eric uh, Farroyo, um, is his Twitter handle, um, says, nothing to talk about. It's a must. Best-looking jerseys in the league if they do this. Uh, I, I I think they look pretty sweet. And I know you know the, the counter-argument is, um, you know, Tradition, and you know, not not making a drastic change like that, uh, but you know, again, like Josh Jacobs is talking about, maybe it's time to write some new tradition uh, to add to the tradition. Uh, the Raiders are now here in Las Vegas, um, you know, their their new home. Maybe it's time uh, for an alternate look. And and you know, Josh isn't saying uh, just looking at his Twitter uh, feed, he's not saying to replace the Raider uniform with this uniform. Uh, but maybe a game here or a game there might not be the worst idea. Uh, I, I think they look pretty sweet. Um, so, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see. It looks like Josh Jacobs is in favor for it. Um, he's putting it out on Twitter, trying to maybe create uh, some, some momentum uh, on it. Uh, but, you know, we'll see. Uh, let's get back to what we were talking about, and that was DeMond Cotton freaking out um, all day today. 
about the Raiders. What when once those contract uh, terms came out for Colton Miller, um, he just was beside himself. Uh, I, I don't, I'm kidding, obviously, and exaggerating a little bit. But there, you know, there no doubt there's some concern. But what I can say truly is that it's not going to have any kind of an impact on on who the Raiders. If the Raiders feel like they got to go get a veteran free safety and a veteran tackle, they're going to make those moves. There's there's still capable and good players that are out there that could come in. Um, whether it's as a stopgap, whether it's as insurance, whether it's to to to, to be the guy next year um, as the young guys, because they're going to draft a free safety, you would imagine. They're going to draft a right tackle, you'd imagine. Um, if if you need, if you feel like you need to to either fill the hole because you didn't get who you wanted in the draft, or you feel you need to bring in a veteran presence, um, you know, to to stabilize it for a little while. Nothing that they've done up till now is going to preclude them from being able to do that. I say that honestly. Just take my word for it. Uh, don't get caught up in the salary cap. Um, it. I don't want to say that it doesn't matter, but in a lot of ways, it doesn't matter. People are focused on that when that's not what they ought to be focusing on. The Raiders have the ability to make moves if they want to to fill some some needs. I think right now their focus is more on the draft. Uh, I have been told that there is a possibility that they'll add some a couple of players before the draft, um, and, and so we'll see. We have a few weeks to go before the draft is here. Uh, but it also looks like you know maybe guys that they're interested in uh, might be waiting until after the draft to see if a better option opens up or if maybe uh, a more level of urgency uh, sets in on the Raiders' behalf because they couldn't figure, you know, they couldn't get it done uh, in, in in the draft uh, to fill some positions, and and maybe they feel like they got to go get somebody, and they're going to spend a little bit more money uh, under that scenario to go do it. So there's what there's reasons why players are waiting right now until after the draft to kind of assess the situation across the league. There's reason why teams now are are going to wait until uh, they 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 uh, get back into the free agency world after the draft to, you know, basically because they want to see what are we going to figure out? What are we going to get in this draft? What, what holes are we going to be able to fill? How comfortable are we going to be with this roster after the draft? We being obviously the decision makers um, uh, across the league for teams. So um, as Bill Williamson pointed out, there's plenty of options out there, uh, whether it's before the draft or after the draft in free agency, and on top of that, there's really good players in this draft at both of those positions and, and an avenue, a path, I should say, uh, that you can envision that leads the Raiders right to two big positions, filling two big positions through the draft, free agency and right tackle. So the moral of the story is, Demon, don't freak out. And if you're Raider Nation, don't freak out either yet. We'll see what happens out of the draft. You're in the huddle with Vinny Monster. Brought to you by Tequila Embajador. Thank you so much to all the callers. Thanks to Bill Williamson. Uh, thanks to Devon Cotton uh, for being a good sport. Uh, always appreciate you, brother. You know that. Uh, we will be back at it tomorrow, 4 to 6 p.m. in the huddle. Brought to you by Tequila Embajador. <laughs>